This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. JList.com is a great place to get Japanese anime magazines. Right now, they have August editions in stock. They've got new type for August 2019, and also Animedia, Comptic, Megami Magazine, and so many other for, to choose from. So if you want to keep up to date with cosplay or the recent anime happenings in Japan, or even idols, you can go to jlist.com or jbox.com and pick up a magazine straight from Japan, and you'll even be able to get the August 2019 editions that are the hottest and the newest thing. So head over to jlist or jbox.com to get your magazine fix. And now it's time to start the podcast. Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season by Le Deuce, which was my number, essentially number one pick. Wait a second, the studio is, the studio is called Leia Deuce? Lay Deuce, not Lay A Deuce, <laughs> but that would be great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, episode 481. I'm your host, Mitsugi. Everybody in the country seems to be on fire today, except for me, because I'm in Colorado. First of all, we have, it's ladies first, and so we have the wonderful and the lovely Mandy, who is boiling alive in Cincinnati, and it's so tragic. Mandy, how are you today? It's, um, I'm doing okay. It's been a rough week, but, uh... I'm making it. I'm making it through. Um, yeah, hot, it's hot pretty it? hot. How hot? It's 90 degrees right now, but yesterday it was like over 100. It was pretty rough. And we have the wonderful, infallible Mason. You know him. You love him. And he's also cooking alive up in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, it's, it's Connecticut. Yeah, usually I'm the salt and the spice. Today it's the salt and the sweat because it's it's a hot one. It definitely got over 100 today and uh man, i'm feeling you, it man you're slacking man you're only at 90 well you know the we- oh, weather moves the <laughs> from west to east so i'm just getting i'm just getting the runoff from that sweet midwest uh mm. <laughs> sun but i'm glad to be here today <laughs> I, have, I have a new drop for you mason oh excellent mason so uh mason in the house and uh, to all of you that are listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast today. We have a we have a we have another packed show for you as we always do. If you want to follow the website, you can go to. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, our website's aaapodcast.com. If you want to get our after parties, our hobby addicts, and our hentai episodes, which is about eight extra episodes a month, you can go to aaapodcast.com/join. What you'll be doing is you'll help the podcast. You'll help us. Make sure that we can pay for all of our internet stuff, all the prizes, all any, any web maintenance, etc. Keep us keep us running, keep us happy, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to support you with uh, another eight episodes a month that are exclusive just to you. 
And of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash AAA podcast is where you can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. But our the big thing we always got going on is our Discord channel. And the Discord is is bumping. So if you go over to the Discord, the if you if you go to the website along the top, there is a button that says like join the Discord. You can jump in there, and there's like all these clubs popping up. All Do the it. So we got this health club. Yeah. And uh, Mason, what's this update on the health club you got? So the update is that numbers continue to grow. We got a lot of people doing it, but it's not too late to join. It's only week three, and it just started. So. Please come on board. I want to give special shout outs to Chili, Salty, Tomago, Hillaless, Sokosoy, Tracy, Timmy, Moriitis, Genmod, Nuclear Burger, and you two, Mandy and Mitz. You guys have all been doing oh. a good job, and I appreciate Thank you. it. I'm trying. And I also, it's hard. bonus announcement I just wanted to say uh, my parents now know that I'm doing this podcast. So I want the people Uh-oh. in the live chat to give a shout out to Papa and Mama Mace. Best case oh, is shit. they get some secondhand embarrassment. Worst case is that they start start sneezing a bunch out of nowhere. If uh, you believe that superstition. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, Mama, Hello, and, Mama and Papa Mace, Mace. Mace parents. There you go. Mace, yeah. Mace Pappy and Mace Mama. Mandy Manga Club. Yeah. So Manga Club right now this week, this Wednesday, seven um, the twenty fourth, we are uh, we'll be discussing a silent voice. And you can find the chapters of what in the time that we will be discussing it. If you go to our Discord, go to the Maga Club channel. Uh, if you are listening to this live, you still have plenty of time. But if you're listening to this on Thursday, unfortunately, it'll be too late. So you can check the next one, which will be Battle Angelita on mm. August 7th. Which I can one. confirm that I can make that one. I will be there. Awesome. In the flesh. It, yeah, you've missed a few of them, but we've missed you. It so looks- we'll be happy to have you back. It looks like Icy Rose's anime club has started. The first yes. meeting is going to be for the anime Razafon, which is on Wednesday, July 31st. So if you want to join there, join that club, talk about the anime Razafon, July, July 31st is the date. And then the next series that they're going to do after that is Chihayafudu. And that's going to be on August 14th. So, yeah, so he, um, if you go also to the anime club, uh, uh, channel on our discord i believe he set the limit to five episodes so you just have to fi- watch the five episodes and then we'll discuss it mm. on that day and it's going to happen on the weeks the wednesdays where we do not have manga club so okay. we'll be alternating you'll have uh, if you want to join both clubs be you'll be a superstar and have so much to talk about every so Wednesday. many roles <laughs> and yeah. just if you're unsure how any of this works just go to the discord uh, click on the pinned messages in the top right. Yes. That'll give you all the info. And if not, just ask. We're, we're some nice people yeah. sometimes. 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 Most yeah. of the time. <laughs> so uh, for the episode today, the main topic is going to be LGBTQ represent, plus representation in anime suggested by Bobby Jean. So we're going to be talking about some anime that, that, that fit that bill. So if you want to seek out some of those shows and watch some of those, we're going to be discussing that. And here comes a mouthful of Japanese. We've got our impressions. We're starting our summer 2019 impressions with Tejina Senpai, Are You Lost, Katsute Kamidata Kemono Tachie, a.k.a. to the Abandoned Sacred Beasts, Joshikose no Murazukai, and O oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. So I would like to say, because I didn't say this on the actual podcast yet, 
Um, I originally uh, put picked King's Avatar and Modazushi Season 2. Unfortunately, those have been delayed, and we don't know when they're coming out, so I had to replace them. So I replaced it mm. with Are You Lost and the um, Fate spinoff. I think it's called um, Lord El... I- I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. El Meliosama or whatever? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So I will be doing those. It's a shame that your shows got delayed. I'm... Yeah, I'm really sad because I was really looking forward to talking about Modazushi too. But, but listener, hopefully, when it you're not off the hook, you still have to watch Modazushi season one. Yes, still recommended. Yeah. Correct, and also, hopefully, when it does come out, maybe I'll find somewhere to squeeze it in because I would love to talk about it. Okay, well, if anybody can do it, it's you, Mandy. I know it. Thank you. All right, let's get this show rolling. It's time for big news of the week. This is like one of the biggest tragedies we've ever had and maybe ever in the history of the anime industry. Um, I, I can't remember anything that's comparable to this at any point. Uh, heavy topic. Most people know that know about it already, but we're going it, to... It's the biggest news that's happened in a really long time. So a man set fire to the three-story... Kyoto Animation Number One Studio Building near Riku Jizo Station in Tokyo. In, uh, in Kyoto, I wrote Tokyo, but that's wrong. It's in Kyoto. Um, I was thinking maybe it was the Kyoto Animation Studio that we visited near the um, Fushimi Inari Temple in Kyoto, near Kyoto, but it wasn't. It's a different building. The fire broke out at 10:30 local time on Thursday. In Japan, of course, that's Japan time, and eyewitnesses described a loud explosion. Followed by a blaze, a local, there was a local high school student nearby, Keiyahada, who witnessed the, all of this and said, quote, seven or eight minutes after it had started, uh, the heat was so intense that it was unbearable, uh, even though he was standing about 33 feet away, just to give you an idea how hot it was. And um, the fire, fire experts and fire crew are speculating that the fire in the building was so just out of control because they have a they actually have a spiral staircase in the middle of the studio that takes you to the roof and because of that way that the that building was engineered they think that it acted like a chimney and it drawing the flames and the heat upwards um, throughout the building and caused it to spread a lot quicker and unfortunately a lot of people that were in the building immediately their first thought is you know well we got to get to the roof or whatever and uh, be- and that was not a, uh, a viable option because of the you know the chimney effect that was happening in the building, and nobody apparently that tried to make it to the roof actually made it, and um, so it was just a just a terrible tragedy that happened, and there's like pretty much people from all walks of life reaching out on social media, lending support, just words of encouragement to. Uh, the studio, the fans, the families that are affected, you know, it, it affects so many people. Um, it looks like the about 70 people were affected, were in the building when the fire started. And unfortunately, about half of them died um, in, the, in the fire, which is just, just terrible. And 26 of them were in their 20s and 30s, which makes it even worse. And most of them were women. Um, I guess they had just hired they had just hired a ton of people in, into the into the Kyoto Animation Studio because April is the typical like big hiring season in throughout Japan for a lot of industries and so they had just hired all these people that were all brand new 
and you know it's just I don't know just terrible you know all 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 these people that are starting out in animation and they're just in their 20s a lot of them are probably just fresh out of school they all have their dreams and their lives in front of them and then this this tragedy happens and um 34 of them are in the hospital so hopefully hopefully the majority of them will make it you know and we won't have to have any more tragedy um Impact of production, it sounds pretty bad for Kyoto, for KyoAni. All, all of the studio's animation drawings and production materials were destroyed, including computers and electronic storage devices. I really hope they have, like, cloud backup of all this stuff. They really should, you know, in this day and age, but, I mean, who knows. Mon- the monetary damages were enormous, says Kyoto Animation President Hideaki Hata, in an interview with Japanese media, quote, we don't know the full details yet. And people throughout the industry are worried that the losses were going to impact production for years to come. Quote, the production process gets very difficult even when the, even when one of the staff members is missing. So the entire studio burned down. It might be difficult to continue the animation production as it is now, said Mushi Production Company Director Toshiyuki Mori. Um, isn't Mushi... Uh, go to Shinkai Studio. I might think of something else. I think you're thinking so, of something else, but I'll double check. I'll look it up. Don't worry about it. So, what do you guys think about all this? I mean, oh, it's Osamu Tezuka's studio. <sighs> it's it's awful. I uh, Wednesday when I first heard it, I was just going to bed, and I was like, "Oh, that's awful." All I read though was that there was a fire and that there were people injured. I didn't know anything else about it, and I was just like, "This is really awful." My heart goes out to everybody who's affected. And then I went to bed, and when I woke up and saw all of the casualties, I was just sobbing. I was cry. I think I cried almost every day since then. This is awful, and there's no excuse for it at all. It's it's tough. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, um, it's tragic. Um, it definitely spread outside thing, just the anime sphere. I mean, I had lots of people who yeah. don't follow anime and just kind of knew that I watch it or Same. I'm into the culture. Came by and they were like asking me questions about it, or I thought, or like, oh, is this a big studio? Is it small? Like, clearly didn't know anything about the the landscape of what Kyoto Animation means to the world but you know it made news besides our little niche community yeah it's just um uh... yeah it's it's so tragic there are ways to uh help support kyoani mm-hmm. um i i will put these in our uh in our live stream channel in the discord if you go there so you can find this stuff but uh sentai opened up a gofundme um i will say be careful with fundraisers online because a lot of terrible people have put up fake ones trying to take advantage of this so i think sentai though you can you can trust people are so so yeah i I will definitely put out that warning to be careful of where you are sending your money because you want to make sure that it goes to the right place and um but if you want to, I think a better way to support them, though, is to go to the KyoAni store. And there are guides online on how to do this. And you can purchase digital um, wallpapers and art from them. So then your money is going directly to them to help support them 
Also, Crunchyroll is opening up where you can send in letters. You can send in letters of your condolences, your uh, support. Your um, you can express how much you love and how much Joanne uh, it means to you, and they will be giving those to the um, to the company to help spread your support. And yeah, it's. It's awful. Also, Japanese fans are warning, don't buy KyoAni products from people who are not official sources because people are selling their stuff at ridiculous prices and it's not helpful at all. So please be careful of that. I think uh, the only other thing I want to say, though, about this is I'm not addressing this to anybody in particular at all. Just just trying to remind people, please be respectful during this time because I've seen people put up questions about when is does this mean this and this is going to be delayed that that the people involved in this are what matters and there's no way you can just easily bounce back from something like this so please just remember to be respectful during this moment sorry i'm getting choked up because it's quite yeah, yeah. awful it is nice to see that so many people have already, have already contributed um their their at their support i you know, both emotionally and monetarily. Um, it, it looks like there's a lot of people that are interested in helping out QAnnie and um, it's just the the tragedy is just on the families, you know, because, you know, you can re yeah. you can buy a building, you can rebuy a building, you can, you know, you, you could have 100,000 anime fans donate $5 million and QAnnie will rebuy their building, they'll, they'll rebuy the computers, all the, you know, whatever, the chairs, whatever's needed. But you can't rebuy all the people that were lost. And yeah. um, it's just, it's just, um, you know, there's no, you can't tie monetary value to the loss of life that this is. And this is like a, you know, it's always a tragedy when anybody's killed in, a, in an unfair and um, unjust way. But uh, this one, this one, this one's, this is a pretty big thing. This is, this is an event that does, that only happens in Japan once every... 20 years maybe so i think they said this is the worst uh tragedy they've had since like world war ii or something that from I what i've read it. online i believe it so do what you can everybody and be, be understanding about the timetable on anime releases you yes know, you, you, they just lost their number one studio you can't really expect all these anime to just magically appear out of nowhere this isn't right this isn't some uh like a large scale a small scale thing here so our, um, our prayers are going out to everybody involved so also, Mason, sorry not to throw you out, but he did type in chat if we want to talk about our favorite works by them. I think that'd be good if you want to just I mean, briefly discuss KyoAni. As a whole, like, I was checking my, my list, and out of the 130 studios that I have seen, like, some works from, Kyoto Animation, despite its size, it's not that big of a studio, has been responsible for, like, a larger number yeah. of works and like 128 out of them. Like I've seen a lot of their stuff and yeah. I mean, looking back, they have been so formative in my, the interests of, and how my, how I grew into the anime fan I am today. And I feel like Kaon, Lucky Star, uh, Nichijo and Haruhi are just some of the most essential works that have really shaped me and just the, la the anime landscape as a whole. I would say for me, before I even knew what this, what any of these studios were called, you know, I was just like a kid watching anime and finding recommendations here and there and just picking stuff up. And the stuff that I really watched, I mean, I've seen a lot of the a lot of the QAnnie stuff 
most of it actually, but um, the stuff that I think really helped raise me up as an anime fan was the key visual novel adapt- adaptations of Air, Canon, Clonaud, and Clonaud After Story. These are um, just really great titles that are really early in the life of KyoAni. You know, Air was the second thing they ever did, so it's uh, you know, and I was right there with them back in 2005 when you know when they were when that stuff was out. That was those were my college days, you know the formative years, so, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've made so many beautiful, heartwarming stories, and, I mean, a lot of them are slice of life that have, it's just, I don't know, very warm character interactions, I love their art, because there are so many, they pay attention to a lot of this tiny details and movements that make it feel more, um, I don't know. I don't want to say realistic, but there is something about it that just brings her characters to life. And I think for me, I I love Violet Evergarden. That one made me cry multiple mm-hmm. times. But also, I love Yoka. And I actually just bought it on Blu-ray the other day. But um, I know there are still a lot of series by them that I haven't seen. I'm trying to fix that now. But more than yeah, almost any other favorites. studio, it feels like they care about every single scene they put together. Yes. And there's such a charm yeah, to their works. So much passion goes into their works. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and like Mitt said, like, yeah, we lost the building. And yeah, we lost, like, tangible art. Like, stuff that would have gone on to change our lives. But the the loss of life is the most important thing here. And that's all all we should say really focused on. Fires are really bad, a really big deal in Japan. The buildings are made out of wood predominantly to allow them to sway for earthquakes, and neighborhoods are tightly packed. And so the streets in Japan and neighborhoods are surprisingly narrow. I think most people would be really shocked, and honestly, probably wouldn't even be comfortable driving cars on them because um, the turns in the you know a street might be like you know eight feet wide. It's really intense, and so, and a lot of the cars in Japan are little, and you've seen all these tiny little K cars and stuff in Japan. And the reason why they're so little is because of these narrow streets, and so the buildings are tightly packed. Fires are a big deal in Japan, um, and it, as uh, as tragic as this event was, we're probably lucky it didn't it didn't burn the whole neighborhood down. Based on what I heard from the fire being so hot and so big, it could have there. It, um, I don't know. The firemen seemed like they responded quickly, but um, this is just a, uh, uh, you know, like a, in Japan, this is a this is an issue that they care about quite a lot. This is why they don't have dryers in Japan, clothes dryers, because a lot of house fires start because of the lint and drying dryers, and so like you won't find those in Japan, and it's because fires are such a big deal. And I don't know, it's just tragic. Let's move on though, guys. To um, um well, other real quick before. We finish. I see also collected a bunch of responses from our community oh, about sure. just Kyo, about their favorite Kyoani shows and what they mean to them. Um, he's going to be putting them in our show notes. Um, I also think you could put them in the live stream on our Discord as well if you would like to check that out. But uh, definitely please send your letters to um, to the link through Crunchyroll so that way they get to Kyoani because I'm sure they'll, all the love and support will definitely help them out a bit. So I want to play Does Mitsuki's Mom Know? Yeah, um, um, I I apologize because I just put 
up the warning late and we don't have anybody right now. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I, what I, I got what I was gonna wrapped say, up in the topic. What I was going to say was, we let's do the retro dive first. And while the retro dive's going, um, we'll see if anybody chimes in to play the game. That works. See if we can rope um, in a sucker. Rope in a yeah. sucker. We need some revenge for last week because whoever the fine gentleman was last week, he was he was defeated soundly by my mother. So we need some revenge. She's a but, wily uh, one. We, you got, so you got about five minutes to send a message or however you guys are, are collecting names is, you know, follow 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 that protocol. But for now, we're going to do the retro dive and we'll come back for... We'll also have to switch chats. I'm sorry for people who are listening and not doing this live. <laughs> we'll have to switch our chats because we're in the wrong chat. All right, here we go with the retro dive. It's time to dive into the past with the retro dive. Uh, so yeah, I recently this week binged through all of the Rose of Versailles and uh, I decided to do a retro dive on it because I really enjoyed it. I binged through the entire thing very quickly. Um, so the Rose of Versailles was adaptation of a shoujo manga by Ryoko Ikeda that uh, released back in 1979 and it was adapted by Tokyo movie Shincha. Shincha? Um, what else did they do? I know they've done... A lot. I just can't think of anything. Um, I got you. I'm efforting it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's 40 episodes long. And uh, so what is Rosa Versailles? Rosa Versailles is a historical drama that's set in 1755 France. <clears throat> a girl is born to the commander of the Royal Guards, but he's displeased with the baby's gender, and he decides to raise the child as a man and names him Oscar. And 15 years into the future, uh, Marie Antoinette, uh, Marie Antoinette, sorry, is ready to marry the crown prince of France. And yeah. Oscar becomes... I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick, um, Tokyo Movie Shinsha, people may not know the, the acronym, but that is TMS Entertainment. So, oh. who's doing Fruits Basket, so Dr. Stone? Well, I didn't know either because I had never thought to look up the acronym, but they've done yeah. a gajillion things. So, yeah. Um, I, God, I knew when I looked it up, I saw tons of stuff, but I didn't write it down for some reason. <laughs> uh, today's, it's been a rough week. Sorry. Yeah. But, yep. um, anyways, uh, Oscar becomes leader of the Royal Guards and a personal bodyguard for Marie Antoinette as a clock ticks toward the ultimate end of the French royalty. And for a series that released back in the 70s, Rose of Versailles takes a relatively progressive look at gender roles. Uh, Oscar remains pretty gender fluid throughout the entire show. There are times where Oscar feels more comfortable as a man, but also times where they feel a little reluctant to give up entirely on being feminine. And uh, during this personal struggle, there are some people who do voice opposition, but a lot of people also who have come to deeply respect, love, and admire Oscar. And Oscar is also just a very strong character, both physically, mentally, and they also become an impressive leader and role model for others. Um, the story does also continue down to the end of the French Revolution, filled with a lot of political intrigue with the French noble, um, nobility and plenty of scandals. And while I'm sure there are probably historical inaccuracies within it, the series was still very uh, suspenseful and overall enjoyable to watch. It may heavily focus on the characters, but we also get to see what life was like for the common people and witness their suffering. Um, the story was very well-rounded and composed in a way that made it actually kind of hard not to sympathize with certain events. Um, 
But yeah, they're also, they just recently announced the English translation of the manga. Uh, it was funny because they announced the English translation the day I finished my binge and we all made a joke like, are they listening to my chats? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that will be uh, coming out later this year, I believe, either this year or 2020. I forgot to look up the date. But um, yeah, definitely check out the series if that sounds like something that you would enjoy. I enjoyed it. And uh, I believe also Mason watched it. Did, and I think you said you enjoyed it as well. I was the one who recommended it to you. Sort You're of. right. I forgot. I'm so no sorry. Worries. No, I, uh, <laughs> I liked it. It was a great time. It was definitely uh, classical in more ways than one, but it holds up surprisingly well. And the way it mixes in with real history, I feel like a more learned individual. Get learned. Get educated. So, do we have anybody for Does Mitsuki's Mom Know? I think we do. All right. I'm going to jump over to the waiting room. Or I'm, we'll go. Let's, all, let's all transfer over to the other chat in the main uh, Discord. Sounds good. All, all right. right. So, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we have a victim today for, for Does Mitsuki's Mom Know. We need to avenge the... Wormy. It's Wormy. Our boy Wormy got shut down real quick. Wormy got oh, my yeah. mom. My mom straight up curb stomp poor poor Wormy, and <laughs> we're, we're we're looking for happier conclusions today. And does, does, from does Mitsuki's mom know? So here goes your theme song. It's time for does Mitsugi's mom know? The game show that pits Mitsugi's unassuming mother against anime's most basic questions. Now here are your hosts, the Anime Addicts! Yay! Just gotta pull this guy up, pull this guy in here. I got it. Oh, I, I can do it. that, sorry. Oh, heck. All oh, right. hello there. We, we have a victim on the line. What is your name and where are you calling from? Can I remain anonymous? Is that allowed? <laughs> That's allowed. You can make can it. Can we use your your name your name on Discord? Your sure. screen name? Sure, that works. Daydreamer. Okay. Daydreamer Nick. Daydreamer Nick, are you daydreaming about a wonderful cash prize? That would be nice. <laughs> where are you calling from? Midland, Texas. All right, Texas. All right. Not hot at all. Not hot at all. That yeah, not hot at all. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. Never. <laughs> so um, I, I know I know you know the rules of the game, but for those people listening for the first time at home, my mother she knows some things about anime, but she doesn't know all that much. Careful of the background noise there, my friend. And um, your job, Nick, is to guess whether my mother knows the answers to some of anime's simplest questions. And if you can get three out of five correct, you're going to win uh, probably like a Porsche or a Lamborghini. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So I do, have, I do have a sample question for you so, so you can kind of get your feet wet here. Um, no pressure here. This is just a practice question. Are you ready to play the game? Sure. All right. Here comes your sample question. What piece of clothing of maize do they find near, near the lake in the anime My Neighbor Totoro? That's a hard one. It would depend on how often she's seen it, too. Yeah. I'm gonna guess she doesn't know it. She does not know. Okay. And here is your the, here is your answer. 
What piece of clothing of maize do they find near near the lake in the anime My Neighbor Totoro? They find one of her shoes. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's right. We all thought she was dead, didn't we? Yes. All right, very, nice. very, very traumatic. Okay. <laughs> all right, so that... Yeah, your mom loves Neighbor Totoro. Yeah, she freaking loves My Neighbor Totoro. She knows everything about that mm-hmm. movie. All right, Nick. Now we're now we're gonna get this game started for real. You're all warmed up. You're all ready to roll, and I know you're feeling good. You feeling lucky? <laughs> no, not at all. Not That's at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> all right. This was a very last second uh, operation, so no, no worries. Just, no worries. Just we all, believe in you. It's all it's all in the fun. Here comes your first question. Are you ready? Okay. What does the MD in the anime MD Geist stand for? We joke about this anime a lot on the podcast, but that doesn't <laughs> but it's mean no joke. that doesn't mean oh, it's no laughing matter. I'm gonna guess she might know. <laughs> she might know it. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna need you I'm to. I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, she, she knows. Yeah, it. she knows. All right, we have capi- we have capitulated into the territory of my mother's of faith in my mother. Am I locking you in? Yeah, go ahead. What does the M D in the anime M D Geist stand for? I'm a master detective. That's not a bad <laughs> guess, actually. <laughs> but the an- the answer it's is wrong. the answer is most dangerous. Oh, okay. I yeah. do like Master Detective. I would though. say I would yeah. watch a Detective Geist story. Would you? <laughs> I would. That sounds but he'd enthralling. Prob- but he have like he'd have witnesses and stuff, and he would just kill them. Well, he's not dangerous anymore. Oh, he's dangerous. Yeah, he's not most dangerous. <laughs> Master Detective. But even Geist is not as dangerous as my mother, as Nick is finding out. Nick, are you ready <laughs> for your next question? Uh, go ahead. All right. In what year was this anime podcast founded? Uh, this an- for the for, in case you don't know this podcast. home. Do you know this? This podcast <laughs> is almost exactly ten years old. We were founded on July 29th, two thousand and nine. Oh, oh man. wow. Uh, I'm gonna guess she knows it because I hope she talks to you enough to know this. Otherwise, that's your dad. I think I see her at every episode. I would also say that. <laughs> All right, let's see if she Sounds knows like it. it. This is just a test on if she loves you or not, right? I guess so. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Show me potato salad. In what year was this anime podcast founded? Oh wow. Okay. Um. I'm going to say 2007. Almost. 2009. Oh. I guess she doesn't love me. She Jimmy mostly Rob loves you. also put up something so funny and made me laugh. I almost laughed out loud. He said, but if guys killed all the suspects, he'd be on 100% sure to catch the criminal. <laughs> the best detective ever. He would be the master, the master detective, yeah. Nick, we need a big, we, we need a big comeback here <laughs> from you. But the way my luck has been going this week, it probably won't happen. But that's okay. All right. Well, let's try the next question. Are you ready? Sure. Aaron Yeager is a member of the Survey Corps in what recently iconic anime? 
I'm gonna guess she knows this because it's really mainstream, so it'd be really bad if you probably didn't. <laughs> so Nick, you're saying my mother does not know it. Or she no, knows I'm it. She, she does. She knows it. Okay. Am yeah. I locking you in on that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Aaron Yeager is a member of the Survey Corps and what recently iconic anime? Hmm. I'm not up on all the recent ones. I'm going to have to say oh, really? um, um, My Academia. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. My Academia. I was. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready for her to be like, hmm, let's see. Shingeki no Kyojin and just bust out the full Japanese for it. That and just like nice. shock us in Wrecker World. Well, Nick. I tried. I'm sorry to see you go. You you it's you fun. were you were felled just like our just like our friend Wormy from last week. But I you did save the day. You <laughs> did save the day. But you did call in and you had and you allowed us to play the game, so I do appreciate that you called in. Yeah, no problem. I hope your week gets I'm better for you. I'm just at home playing Mass Effect, so. Okay. <laughs> well. Thanks. thanks for coming. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. See you Bye. later. Bye. Have Stay a good cool. Day. All right, so. So we have two more questions here. Would you guys like to play the two questions? Or do we want to save them for the next one? Hmm. I, kinda, I can play. I kind of want. I kind of want to use them. I kind of want to use Let's them. Let's do it. Let's All right. do it. All right, Mason, returning champion. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You did win this once upon a time. Yes. All right, here's here's your question. Did you shine Mason. your trophy yesterday. I did. I polish it uh, nice. biweekly. You know what? Let's oh. you know what? Let's pit Mason and Mandy against each other. We'll see who can get the most points out of these last two questions. In what, what if city we is is Studio Ghibli actually located? In what city is hmm. Studio in what city is Studio Ghibli located? Well, it's in I'd... Mitaka, but I I don't think she's been to Japan. Has she? Am I, I guess I'm not she allowed ha- to know that. She has been. She has been to Japan. Ooh. I guess I'm getting insider info. I would have guessed um, no, but since she was there, I'm gonna have faith. I'm gonna say yes. She does know. I was heard of me doubts now. Yes, just because I know you guys have watched so many. Ghibli films together. Okay, then I'm gonna say no just to take the contrasting stance. Damn. Mm, I may have just saved you. In what city is is Studio Ghibli actually located? Tokyo. Well No, and this one's almost impossible actually. The answer is Kogana Kogane. I I didn't even know that. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Kogane it's is not a, Mitaka. Koga, no, the Studio Ghibli Museum is in Mitaka. Kogane, oh, Kogane right. is actually like a borough of Tokyo. So I'm gonna go ahead and just say she, she got was it, right and say she got that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And here's Dang, the, and here's I the, was here. wrong. So I am uh, severely humbled. And here, and here, and here, and here's your last question. What studio made the anime Evangelion? I would say no. Yeah, I want to say no too, but I can only say yes now to with hopes of tying it up. So my heart says <laughs> no, but logically I'm saying yes. She somehow <laughs> knows. What studio made the anime Evangelion? Studio. Gee, I only know one studio, so I don't... <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I, I don't even have a guess. Uh, uh, Lotus Flower. <laughs> 
You know, she knew she knew that it wasn't the one studio she did know, which by turn That's means true. it was another studio, which means she's right and she got it. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Guys. I've who been trounced. The, who wants to handle the trivia? Uh, I can do the trivia. Let's see. So the first up is our weekly trivia, which you can find on our website. A, a, a podcast. Uh, the answer to this week's trivia was Anonatsu de Materu. And the winner for the week is, oh my god, it's Derpy Murphy. Alright. That's a name <laughs> I haven't heard in a while. Who coincidentally is also the winner for July. Mm. Nice. Alright. Did play. he get his car yet? <laughs> he hasn't selected his prizes yet, but he'll he'll mm. be getting them soon, I'm sure. <laughs> and we have a new theme as well for, ne- yes. for the next month. The The new theme for all of August will be Anime Dragons. So uh, right. if you think you know your stuff, go over to the main website and see if you can answer it. We additionally yeah. also have the in-show weekly trivia question, which is for no points and no cars, but just just for fun. And we'll give you the answer after yeah, our upcoming news break. So one. the... Uh, Question is, name this anime. Chocolate and other sweets have been banned thanks to the political reign of the Good For You Party, and the new laws are enforced strictly with force if need be. What anime does that correspond with? We'll let you know after our break. See you in a minute. Hey everybody, Mitsuki's back one last time, bringing you another round of anime news. Yet another manga is ending of a well-known property, Aoharu X Kikanju, or Aoharu X Machine Gun, is going to be ending. It's going to end in the September issue of Square Enix's G Fantasy on August 8th, on August 18th. So this was a pretty well-known property because the TV anime adaptation aired in the summer of 2015 that was done by Brainspace. So the story of this property follows high school student Hotaru Tachibana, a girl disguised as a boy, though through strange circumstances she finds herself drawn into the vast world of survival games by a host, Masamune Matsuoka, and the two form a team with with a manga artist, Toru Yukimura, to aim to be the best in Japan. Pretty interesting little property, you can head back to 2015 and watch the anime if you're interested. Next up, Netflix is at it again! Adding another live-action series of an anime or manga property to its catalog, this time Hado Asso's Ima, Imawa no Kuni no Alice, or Alice in Borderland, the manga, is going to be getting a live-action adaptation on Netflix in 2020. It's going to be helmed by Shinsuke Sato, who worked with the live-action adaptations of Gaunt's I Am a Hero, Bleach, and most recently Kingdom. So you have a well-known person there behind the helm. For the story of Alice in Borderland, Alice Adiohe will leave high school soon, but he's trying to avoid thinking about his future. But late one night, when he's hanging out with his tough friend Karube and his silly girlfriend Chota, they see fireworks. After one blindingly bright explosion, they find themselves waking up in a different world. Is this Borderland? People are forced to either participate in potentially deadly games or simply die. 
Will these people be able to survive this dangerous new world, or is there a way they can get back to their original lives? Sounds like an interesting premise. Probably a very adult subject matter coming out to Netflix, Alice in Borderland in 2020. Next up, of course, we've all heard about the horrible arson attack that struck Kyoto Animation's number one studio building, resulting in a tragic loss of life. And it looks like a lot of people throughout the world are ringing in on Twitter and other social media platforms to share support, including Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, Japan's Belgian Embassy, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, Women in Animation, Funimation, Toei Animation, Nickelodeon, Anaplex, and more are all ringing in on social media, sharing their wishes and prayers for the families of those affected tragically by the arson attack on Kyoto Animation. So we, we also wish them the best, of course. And rounding us out, a little update on the July 8th to the 14th Japan video game rankings, showing you what the most popular video games are in Japan, and Nintendo Switch dominating the Japan market. The top 9 of 10 all being Switch games. Pokemon Let's Go, Attack on Titan Final Battle, Minecraft, Mario Kart 8, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, G-Kill G Powerful Pro, Yaku, Yokai Watch 4, God Eater 3, and number 1, Super Mario Maker 2, all rounding out the total of the top 10, of which are all uh, Nintendo Switch games in Japan. This was Mitsuki, and this was your anime news break. One more time, time to get back to the podcast. Hey guys, please go to uh Okay, one more time. Visit jlist.net for Oh man, that's not right. I got to get this hosting down. If only Mitsuki Senpai was here to help. You called, my dear Kohai. S senpai. Wait, you can teleport? But of course. Now, do you wish to learn the ways of directing people to countless anime goods? Yeah, uh, teach me the ways of letting everyone know about the amazing snack selection JList.com has to offer. Then listen closely, my Kohai. Go to JList.com right now for all of your anime shopping needs and all of your anime snack shopping needs. S senpai Sukoi. Hey, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Vincent Valentine. Leron from Gurren Lagan, Gioman from Digimon, and a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in, or else. Story time with Cram. And yes, we are now presently in Cram's house. That's right. So we are in the uh, the murder room. Actually. Yes, yeah. oh, this yeah. is the murder room. Oh, it's, would you like to tell? You have to tell the story now. Uh, I've told it on the podcast before, but I guess it was back in 2006, December of 2006. Uh, someone was murdered in this house. The people that were living here. Um, the son was taking care of his mother and she was very ill as I understand it and I guess he wanted to put her out of her misery so he took a pillow and uh, asphyxiated her. Right here. Right here. Right where we're same doing tatami? this. Same Right here. Yeah, same tatami. Well, no, they changed the tatami. Oh, they changed the tatami. So, we are, so you mean to tell me that we're actually broadcasting right now in the exact maybe square meter where a person was smothered to death? Yeah. Wow. We're also underneath my bedroom uh, where a man died of an illness. Wow, the father. Nobody will ever want to spend the night at Cram's house. Back to the podcast. Welcome back. 
to the Anime Addicts Now's podcast episode 481. And when we, we last left you, we had an intro weekly trivia question. And that's right. that was, name this anime. Chocolate and other sweets have been banned thanks to the political reign of the Good For You Party. And the new laws are enforced strictly with force if need be. And the answer is Chocolate Underground, which has a great quote in it, which when the like main antagonist is talking about chocolate, he says, This thing causes things worse than death and decay. It makes one morally depraved. <laughs> chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate? <laughs> is this a series or is it like a... Just a it's short like a I think it's an 13 episodes. It's like all like five minutes long. Oh. It's pretty short. Oh, okay. So you can knock it out in like an hour or two. Yep. I wouldn't hours. say it's especially good, though. I mean... Oh, okay. It's based off of a... British novel, I believe. Hmm. Oh, I've never heard of it. Well, for those of you, for those of you that eat chocolate, you are now apparently depraved. All right. Oh man, I've already knew that. <laughs> but we have Mandy's manga minute. Yeah. So let's get to it. And now let's take a minute for the manga minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called, What Did You Eat Yesterday? Uh, Shiro Kake, lawyer by day and gourmand by night, lives with his boyfriend, Kenji Yabuki, an outgoing, um, and, oh, sorry, outgoing salon stylist. I, I skipped down the list and forgot, lost my place. Anyways, while the pair navigate the personal and professional minefields of modern gay life in Japan's largest metropolis, Kenji serves as an enthusiastic taste tester for Shido's wide and varied made-from-scratch meals. What Did You Eat Yesterday is a slice of life written and illustrated by Fumi Yoshinaga. Fumi Yoshinaga also made one of my previous manga minute books called All My Darling Daughters. And it's very clear by the artwork, all of the character designs look pretty similar, and she has her own very unique style. Um, the book is also currently publishing, but there are 13 volumes available in English at this time. Half of this manga is focused on the relationship between Shiro and Kenji, and the other half is entirely about food preparation. Uh, the two main characters are middle-aged and the other um, are middle-aged men uh, who are already in an established relationship and sit down for meals together after a hard day's work. And what is interesting is how well the characters complement each other. Shido is the one who enjoys cooking and coming up with new recipes. He's also very, but he's also extremely concerned with keeping up appearances. And he never speaks about his love life with others. He takes great care to prevent other people from finding out that he's gay. And Shido has already come out to his family, but neither of the neither of his parents really act like they understand or fully support him. Kenji, on the other hand, tells everyone about his love life. He's very happily out as gay and doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Um, Kenji also loves to eat and is eager to try out Shido's cooking. So between meals, we see them interact with each other. They talk about their days and how they respond to other people around them. Uh, the cooking parts of the story are going to depend heavily on how much you enjoy reading about food preparation. It lists ingredients and has uh, Shido go over his steps preparing the dish in an inner monologue bubble. And they go on for decently long time. So for some people, this could be very enjoyable. For others, it's part of the manga that can be safely skipped over. Um, 
It's also important to note that this is not a romance, but overall I did find it very interesting to see the different drama that comes up between the two and how they respond to other people in their lives. Um, there's also a live action drama that was announced recently, but I don't know when that's going to air. It was announced earlier this year. But uh, yeah, you can check that out if it sounds like something that you would enjoy. What was that called again? Um, what did you eat yesterday? Yeah, I tried a bit of it out, and I, I liked most of it. I was a big fan of Shiro, and, like, yeah. not so much, like, his prepping of the meals, but him, like, shopping and, like, trying to do it on a budget when he's like, oh, like, this mm. other store sells them for, like, a third of the price. Let me just go over there when they're on sale and buy, like, buy, like, double the amount I need now, and I can replace this with this, like, low-cost alternative, and he's super, I liked it. I liked it. I, I uh, sympathized with yeah. it. Sorry if I break up a lot during this episode. My, I'm having issues with my vocal cords. I don't know. They, they feel really, like... Scratchy? Hoarse. I don't know. Yeah. If there's something weird going on down my throat. <laughs> but I'm trying my best. That's what she said. All right. So... <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So our main topic today is LGBTQ plus representation in anime, suggested by Bobby Jean. We have done a couple of these episodes in the past, but, you know, it's been i don't know a couple years probably since since we did it before and there's lots of new stuff that's come out and lots of topics yeah. to discuss so um it's a it's a very relevant topic and we should uh dive right in and hopefully we can help you guys find some uh some some anime to watch that that have this like theme in it so that people that want to enjoy that can do that so um where do you guys want to begin with this um, so yeah, down in our notes, I put down uh, a good starting point is just briefly, briefly touching up on how LGBTQ um, characters have been represented in the past, uh, things that we have seen. I know, like you said, that this has been covered in previous episodes. I don't want to really want to touch up on too much, like just bringing up old stuff, yeah. like you know that has already been covered. But um, you know, different people in uh, different hosts, so I'm sure we all have new things to say. Um, with my experience with anime over, um, gosh, I've been watching for so long, but over the time, uh, LGBTQ characters that I've seen from before, um, the nine, or I mean, from before the 2000s, that they weren't represented very well. There are a couple few good examples, but overall I've seen it show up more, um, uh, characters show up more in shoujo than I have in, uh, you know, action or shonen shows. So there are uh, some decent uh, representations out there, but there is also a ton of censorship. And I put down a bunch of examples also of that. But um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think about how characters have been rep represented in the past? I mean, I have noticed? it seems like it's come a long way, sort of, I think. I mean, there's not yeah. a... There's, the, I don't think that there's a tremendous sampling to go from. But I think that I, in the past you could you can dig up examples where you know a gay character in an anime was I don't even know like almost like comic relief you know yeah uh, unfortunately I, I think of Gurren Lagann is like the first example that this pops into my head um, there's a character in Gurren Lagann that is just um, Liron Liron yeah yeah I I don't know this I, is that his name. Yeah, he's the, like, mechanic, and he, like, has a very flamboyant voice, and he, like, flirts with all the other male characters. 
Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't really necessarily, like, there's nothing wrong with, 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 with humor in a show, but, like, um, it's, I don't know. When, when like, that is the crux of what to... makes the character funny, it doesn't feel right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, and yeah. I think we've come a long way recently. I think shows like Banana Fish, for example, have, you know, have taken that in a different direction where it's, you know, it's not just a joke, you know, like there's actual characters that, you know, mean more to a show than just, you know, falling on their face and having people giggle. So, but Banana Fish also is a manga that came out, I think it was in the 80s as yeah, well. It was definitely, it only big just now got in yeah. the that whole community for like the representation in it. Yeah, I was going to say before that, um, it like especially in Yaoi, it was very fetishized and mm-hmm. lots of really poor um, examples of relationships that were very abusive. And yeah, there, there haven't been great um, representation. There's been a lot of representation issues in the past, but I do agree that we are seeing a lot, uh, a lot of more um, or just better uh, examples in today's work. I think there are still bad examples recently of uh, for sure. Where yeah. like especially like Guri stuff seems to be fetishized fetishized a lot. But um, but yeah, I think it is improving. But you know, Japan's like we've said before, Japan Japan tends to sort of see what the rest of the world's doing and follow suit. They're not really. They're not really uh, thought leaders, I guess you would say. So they they'll they'll like watch what happens. Like do you, like the United States will adapt a piece of technology, and Japan will kind of sit back for ten years and see how that goes, and then they'll pick it up later, you know. And and you know Japan's a little behind, but like you know they'll you know they're becoming more progressive too. I think. Um, yeah. Sure. So that's uh, that's I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, um, I put down uh, some examples of censorship in the past. I think that was the biggest issue that uh, from, I mean, we even see that up to today, unfortunately. Uh, examples from the earliest examples that I could think of were card captors, for example, when going from uh, Japan over to the US. Uh, there were characters such as Toya, who's bisexual, that was completely removed, and Tomoyo's confession for loving Sakura, unfortunately. Um, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon had some censorship in it as well. But even up till today, we see like Yuri on Ice, they completely took out the kiss and like <laughs> made it very ambiguous, unfortunately. But um, Netflix, people, were, people were angry at Netflix for yeah. censoring. Um, I guess a, I guess I, I didn't get that far in it, and then I only watched like four episodes of the re-release. But um, I guess there's like some language that was censored to, or edited rather, to make it sound. Yeah, it's it's the classic. Uh, I won't spoil anything for in the show if you haven't watched it, but please go do. Uh, the classic where you get a character character that says like Daisuke or something, which can mean like or love, and how you choose to translate that the original they translated it as a male character loving another one and now it's liking it as if they're friends and you get that whole dynamic that's i mean i don't know much about it i just on that topic for a second i don't know much about it i don't know a whole lot about evangelion i'm not like but i'm not an aficionado i've seen the i've seen the series a couple times but um i mean is the character in Evangelion actually is he is he actually a gay character or is he just because like you can I can love I can love you Mason and you know I mean you know, who doesn't but 
You know what I mean? I, I'm just yeah. not sure. <laughs> Educate me because I don't really know much about Evangelion or its I characters. I mean, the character who says it to Shinji, it's not so much as the audience. Like, we really don't care about what he thinks. It's more of how it makes Shinji question his own feelings and his own mm-hmm. desire, which they're definitely... I would say is the intention of having there be some sort of relationship or feelings between the two. So yeah, it seems like an odd choice to uh, change that. Do you think that was a conscious choice by them or do you think they just botched up the, like translated it a la carte, you know, like you uh, organically translated it and just didn't translate it the same way. Honestly, as someone who has not seen the, the re-release and couldn't tell like what other tones and slight shifts they've made, I've only read about it. I guess I can't comment too much on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in the same place. Um, but we'll okay. f- we'll find out if we're talking about this uh, Eva in like a week or so. There are a ton of shows though people can watch that yes. will will sort of uh, satisfy your desire to to um, watch anime that have LGBTQ plus themes in them, and a lot of yeah. manga too. You guys have like a, like a massive list here. It's like huge. Yeah. A lot of stuff has come out um, since the last time we've done this. And I'm sure some, we'll probably also accidentally bring up other shows that were brought up in the past episodes. Um, A couple links that I was going to put in our live stream chat that I wanted to shout out is uh, Cammy from the Andy Chat Box, our friend. She uh, created an entire list of manga that shows uh, very respectful LGBTQ plus. representations and it's real it's uh, it's a pretty decent list so you should probably check that out i'll put that in a link to that in our live stream chat and there was an article that i was reading that it's very long but it was very um it was a very good read it's from the artifice and somebody wrote an entire uh queer rep- queer representation in anime it goes through over the history um from back when uh you know very old shows up, up till today so there is a lot of really good stuff information in that as well um yeah do we just want to go ahead and uh give out some recommendations yeah yeah let's do that i put down manga and anime i um i think i've what? i don't know i a lot of the stuff that i enjoy has been in manga and You're, unfortunately don't have uh adaptations yet you are the manga mama so i am <laughs> <laughs> the first one on my list is actually one of my favorite uh, mangas, and it is My Brother's Husband. And I really, really recommend this manga. Um, it is about a man and a single father living in Japan, and he is uh, his brother came out as gay but moved to Canada and he didn't really support his brother didn't really try to understand him he has a lot of um uh prejudice inside of him but when his uh brother passes away his brother's husband comes to meet the family in Japan and while he stays with them for uh I think it was a couple months I can't, I can't remember if it's a couple weeks, a couple months, but he stays with uh, him and his daughter. And during that time, he gets to learn about his brother's husband, learn things about his brother that he didn't know through this man. And they become, um, it, it opens up his mind, it broadens up his, uh, his, his preconceptions. View of the world. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful story. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think he was there for just a couple of weeks. I don't think it was months but yeah it's the time frame we read that for manga club and it was an excellent both manga and discussion that we had about it yeah 
Uh, yeah, I highly recommend that one. When okay. I have, I want to bring one up. It's a little more low key, but uh, the original Kino's Journey back in 2003, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the titular Kino is a very androgynous person because while it's established that she is a female, it, she often like refers to herself switching between masculine and feminine pronouns and doesn't you know dress in any way that would indicate it or act in a certain way she very much walks her own line and kind of leaves it up to both the viewer and just the characters around her in the show to question it and doesn't make a big deal out of it and it's just very interesting portrayal the um to me one of the one of the one of the better portrayals uh, in anime would be from Paradise Kiss. Uh, I know this is on this is on your list down there. Um, Paradise Kiss just has a lot of it's got a lot of different characters in it that sort mm-hmm. of fit this bill. Joji, other AKA George, definitely. You know he's <clears throat> he's a bisexual character, and you know you get to see a lot of, of interaction with him. And it's just it, that anime is is it's a very serious anime, and it's and everything in it's portrayed in like a very uh, serious sort of real to life sort of way. It's not like um, exaggerated or caricatured at all. And and besides that, it's just a great show. Like Paradise Kiss is super good anime. Um, so like, and that's about a girl who gets out of school and becomes like a like a model, and she starts hanging out with like clothing designers and things like that. So it's you know aside from being a very good, very uh, a very fair sort of respectful portrayal. It's also just a good show with a with a pretty unique subject matter. Um, so Paradise Kiss is really strong. Really back from two thousand five. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that and thinking what a great show it was. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. Um, I also highly recommend the manga My Lesbian Lesbian Experience of Loneliness. That one is a really fantastic read between um, about a woman who is coming, um, trying to figure out her sexuality, but also it deals a lot with depression and, uh, it's done in a sort of autobiography, autobiography, autobiographical way. Sorry. I'm all over the place today. My brain is, it's been a week, a shot. Your brain, <laughs> it's been a really rough so, week. It's so hot and so hot up there. Your brain is cooked. It is, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's a really fantastic read. Her art is very simple, but the way that she uh, also draws the panels, you get a very good, um, just, like, feeling of how she felt during certain situations. And, yeah, I I highly recommend that one. Also, her second book, um, my, what was it, The Diary? Um, Yeah. I'm so sorry, I forgot the name of it. Um, but anyways, that one also is really uh, good, but that one feels more, uh, it is actually framed more as a diary. And uh, that one deals more about um, with family issues. I'm sorry, my solar exchange diary, that's what it's called. And that one deals a lot more with family issues and anxiety, but that one is also really good. I highly recommend it. These are both um, by... Kabi Nagata. Yeah, and those are all some of personal, my favorites. Yeah, they're also very personal uh, stories about herself. So it's not like she just created up a fantasy character. This is her life and things that she has experienced. Another uh, little out there one that had a character that I kind of forgot about till I was making this list was 
the Moya Shimon back in 2007. Oh my god. That's like the one that happens in college where they can like see the microbes and it's a fun little mm-hmm. thing. Definitely doesn't like lean into this kind of thing, but one of the characters uh is gay and cross dresses and you know, you get the typical arc of like someone else like sees him dressed up and doesn't recognize him and thinks he's cute and like that whole like basic comedy arc which is what it is but like once the truth comes out like everyone's pretty respectful and accepting of it and it's a cool little cool turn on how they could have definitely you know played this up for laughs or done that whole thing and i think part of why it works so well is that these are all like older characters in college so they you know they're a little more accepting of it and it's it's nice to see it wasn't it was it could have gone much poorly and it was a it's a good little show I always think about Tokyo Godfathers when we discuss topics like topics like this, because mm-hmm. there's a I can't I can't remember the character's name, but one of the three main characters is a drag queen in uh, Tokyo Godfathers, and um, that's like I don't know it's kind of a humorous portrayal, but I don't I don't I don't know I really love that movie a lot. I just think it's a generally like like a very feel good film. Um, so I mean, and that's a and that, and that's a Satoshi Kon work that. I, I feel like it gets overlooked. Like, I feel like people watch a lot of Perfect Blue and they watch a lot of Millennium Actress, but I don't feel like Tokyo Godfathers gets watched quite as much as the others. But, um, it's also like a super strong Christmas movie. If you have it, if you have, if you're looking for an anime to watch this Christmas, Tokyo Godfathers is a really great one because it's, it takes place during Christmas time. <clears throat> and, uh, oh. and it also has one of the funniest scenes in anime with the, the guy in the tent with the, uh, the blowing, like, Wind, they're not windmills, but the little, little wind things. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, that no. scene is <laughs> no. When I don't the guy that at all. <laughs> oh, trying well, to remember, uh, but when, when oh, I don't want to spoil it. When when he dies and they all stop spinning, and he like snaps back away, and they all start spinning again. Anyway, oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I ruined the best joke ever. Uh, forget about oh, this. You, <laughs> you can't ruin. You can't ruin Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, it's it's there. got so much heart. Yeah, it does. Mm. Um, two examples. I'm just going to lump them together. Two examples I think uh, have great transgender uh, representation. One is a manga and an anime that we... I think this podcast has covered a lot, and that's Wandering Sun. Um, yeah. The mangas are almost impossible to find. They went out of print. I actually have books one, and I'm missing two and three, but then I have four through eight, (laughs) and those are the only ones that came out in English, but they are so expensive now. If you could find two and three, they're like hundreds of dollars, (laughs) but if you're lucky enough to have them, yeah, there's... They're so hard to find. We did this for uh, Manga Club, and I didn't anticipate how hard they were to find at the time. <laughs> but uh, the ma- the anime is fantastic. I love the way the art is to it. It has like an almost watercolor feel to it. Um, the other one, and that one also deals with um, a boy and a girl transgender. So it's it's really it's really. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? I mean, Wandering Sun is like one of the cornerstones of like representation. Right. Sorry. I, I was trying to think of what I'm trying to say. I was going to say it's a bit ve- not respectful, but a very touching um, 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, it's 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 very good. But the other one is a manga called The Boy Was a Bride. And that one is also another autobiographical manga written by um, a trans woman and about her transition and also marrying her husband. So that one is also very good. I mean, I'm sure it gets brought up every time, but another one of the staples of the genre, I think, has to be Princess Jellyfish. Uh, uh, yeah. with the themes of like cross-dressing and just gender identity um it's not as like realistic in terms of like oh i i, I feel like how this actually exists in the world like with wandering sun but a lot of the issues that are faced by the characters and the the mental struggles that they go through to reason with themselves and to support one another is uh it's definitely a good message to get behind i thought and, for sure you were gonna go for yuri on ice well uh, i don't i don't want to go for the short putt yet the short <laughs> the short putt yeah that's i mean I it's, it's that expression before that's a masonism oh sure chalk it up chalk it up um um Another really cute uh, movie and also manga series is Kasei-san and Morning Glories. Oh, so I good. love that series. It's so it's good. It's so cute. <laughs> um, that one is a shoujo eye, and it's it's a really cute story. But another one that is very similar, like they have uh, the two main characters have a lot of similarity similarities to the main characters in Kasei-san is a manhwa called Their Story. And if you can find that online, it's you can find that free online. And it's a very cute story as well about um, a, you know, a shoujo about two um, very, very adorable ladies. But uh, they have very similar characters where... Um, I don't know. Their story characters are very similar to the main characters in Kasei-san, but it's... That one also, you get a lot from the side characters as well. And they all are so lovely and charming. <laughs> it's such a cute story. I mean, I kind of almost group that in with Dokusei, her classmates. That as well, yeah. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's a very similar, I don't know, vibe I get. And it's not like a super long series. It's like an hour-long movie or so. And it's just so well executed. Um, the manga has a very weird, like a very unique art style too. That, um, mangaka, I'm trying to remember their name. I'm going to look it up, but all of their manga looks very interesting. It's a very, it's a very unique art style. Um, that would be Asumiku, Asumiko Nakamura, who did the manga for Dokusei. Pretty much, um... Most of the stuff by Ikuhara would qualify, I would say. Yeah, um, for Re- sure. Revolutionary Girl Utena, that's... It's like one of the most classic anime ever. You know, it's... Um, but, like, Ikuhara stuff, while, while, while I think most of it would, you know, classify in this conversation, I, I, I think that Ikuhara kind of requires a certain audience because I, I don't think everybody's going to enjoy all the stuff that he's done because some, some, some of it makes you think a little harder than you might want to for watching anime some of it's a little like confusing and kind of out there but um like but when i say ikuhara i mean like my mawaru penguin drum sarazan mai which is like very recent um mm-hmm. like yurikuma rashi sarazan mai mawaru penguin drum utna and sailor moon like 
pretty much anything yeah. he's well known for, yeah. you'll get that representation. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a huge fan base. Um, I, he's he's always hit or miss with me, but um, you know, but he's got a huge fan base for a reason. So, yeah, all, all the stuff by Ikuhata is uh, is worth checking out for sure, especially Utena, just because of it's so classic, such an important anime to the to just. An important series for just for anime in general and has inspired so many other shows. So, definitely. Yeah. Wow, this, is, this, um, this list is impressive. You guys like it? It is. We're not going to be able to cover all no. of it. But <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I opened the document today and was like adding all my all, all the last bits to it, I was like, damn, it's like you guys wrote a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here. So, so Something that I was trying to um, explain when we did our Bloom and Tea review, and that's another good uh, example if you would like to check that out as well. Um, we reviewed that. How, like how a, long ago was that? Like a month or a month six, ago? six weeks ago yeah. or so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you can check that out as well, that um, anime and manga. But something that I was trying to. I think I. I think I was trying to explain myself, but I didn't do a very good job, is uh, I I always get a little annoyed because we, when we see the most representation is in stuff, is where it's, it's in Shoujo Ai, Shonen Ai, Yuri, Yaoi. I would like to see um, more representation through anime where that it's not the main focus. But we do have some good examples on our list of shows that have done that. For example, Zombieland Saga. If you uh, check that out, there is a trans character in that, and it was represented very well. Um, yeah, you can check that out as well. I think Mason wrote down... A, a funny scene about that as well did you <laughs> i mean yeah it's i don't i don't want to spoil that one after spoiling okay, that we'll, joke we'll but spoil uh it. no it's it's the kind of representation i like because they they bring it up they discuss how it's an issue they discuss how the characters overcome it how they've grown from it but then they don't dwell on it it's not the butt of jokes right. it doesn't define the character for the rest of the series like we have just we have addressed the fact we understand how it made the character the way she is, how she's grown from it, and then, like, it's in the background of her minds, but doesn't need to be reintroduced every single episode. I thought another yeah. somewhat modern show that kind of brought it up, we saw, like, how it affected the character and how it has changed them, but it's not a persistent force, is uh, Kizniver back in 2016. Hmm. Uh, there was like Honoka and Ruru. Yeah, there were like two mangaka that like worked together and they had feelings for one another. But, you know, there was like reservations and regret. And this kind of all plays into how Honoka like continues to live on. So it's an interesting hmm. little, once again, not a, oh, this character is l- lesbian. This is all she can ever be. It definitely just is a fact and it moves on from it. Um, number six, that is a sci-fi oh, show. That yeah. one has a really good, um, gay uh, romance in it where it's, I'm sorry, the show isn't a romance though. Um, but that one also didn't shy away from the romance or the, uh, romantic relationship between the two, which I also really like. I think I brought up Yuri on Ice as an example before where, uh, 
they have a very a kiss scene that where they hide it so that it becomes very ambiguous. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Number six. Uh, I don't want to spoil things, but it doesn't <laughs> but shy kiss. away from that. Spoiler alert, there are kisses in it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> we get some fat smooches. We get some fat smooches. <laughs> um, fat smooches. But we covered, we covered that anime a long freaking time ago. I think, my, I think my brother covered that. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Also, Kale and Tuesday, which is airing right now, has... A fantastic representation of a bi character that I thought was really well done. Um, I I don't think this is much of a, a spoiler because it's not obviously not the whole theme of the show, but there is a character in it where she uh, meets her ex husband, but she is now marrying a woman. And I love the scene where she confronts her ex husband because there's no oh. How could you possibly leave me for a woman? No, he's like, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you find happiness this time. It was fantastically done. I I love that example. But um, you should definitely check out Care on Tuesday when it... Uh, <laughs> I guess I should say, when it releases it comes on out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know what me. scene you're talking about, and that's a very touching, charming scene. Yeah, I love that scene. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else? I don't have much else. Um, I just think that I would say that if you're if you're a person who wants to track down a lot of these shows and experience a lot of this, um, if you get our show notes off the website, I upload them every week, and mm-hmm. the list on the block is just tremendous. I mean, there's like a there's like ninety shows here, so yeah, um, you'll never you'll never run out. And uh, if you want to get it, you can get the show notes off of our website. So it's under the bonus content section, and I'll have that uploaded probably uh, tomorrow night. So. Awesome. Yeah, right. good stuff. I think there's we've made a lot of progress, and um, hopefully we get to see uh, more down the road. Yeah, over the history of anime that I was looking up for this, I mean, both the quality of the representation has gotten better, but just the sheer quantity. I mean, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I saw maybe one or two shows from, like, before, like, the 90s that even had anything... Right. And like a couple in the 90s, but like starting in like 2006, like mid 2000s, it really just started not not in like, oh, it's a fad kind of way, but it just became more accepted. And that's kind of what Mitsugi referenced of Japan waiting to see how the rest of the world is mm-hmm. yeah. developing and learning off of that. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then we already mentioned I already did an entire retro dive of Rosa Versailles. You should definitely check that out. Yeah, that's a. Another, it was really good. Another classic. Yeah. All right. Who wants to do the trivia? Um, I can since Mason did the last one. <laughs> this is another guess at anime. As a child living in the town of Lawless, he witnessed a tragedy. His parents and younger brother have been mercile- mercilessly slaughtered. Man, I'm missing up all today. Um, by a mafia family, losing everything he holds dear. He leaves both his name and hometown behind. What is that anime? And we'll answer it after the break. Hey 
everybody, Mitsuki's here, and he's bringing you your round of anime news. Getting us started off, we have some new anime adaptations based on manga. Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga. Yes, that's right, another Oda, Oda Nobunaga property, as if there weren't already 4 million of them. Una Megurogawa's Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga manga is getting an anime adaptation. It is a historical gag manga that depicts the fictitious reincarnation of feudal lord Oda Nobunaga as a Shiba Inu named Cinnamon in present-day Japan. And Cinnamon is, of course, joined throughout the series in his daily adventures but by other feudal lords that are also reincarnated as dogs. So for those of you that are dog lovers, eh, you can see this being a pretty cute anime, a little twist on the Nobunaga craze. Next up, we have more new anime adaptations. It looks like Kei Okubo's historical manga Art is getting an anime adaptation. The synopsis, 16th century, 16th century Italy, one girl has an artistic ambition, the birthplace of the Renaissance era where art is thriving. In one small corner of this vast city, one girl's journey begins. She dreams of becoming an artist, an impossible career for a girl born into a noble family. In those days, art was ex was exclusively a male profession with women facing strong discrimination. So this coming from Media Doe International, the synopsis looks like uh, it should be a pretty interesting property with some very beautiful looking artwork. Look out for this one, art, coming out in the future. In other news, a manga is ending. Mahou Shoujo Site, which is a fairly long-running property, is ending. This announced in the 33rd issue of Akita Shoten's Weekly Shonen Champion. So this was a pretty popular property. The 35th issue is going to go on sale on August 1st, and it's going to contain the final chapter of the story. Sato launched this Maho Shoujo site in the Champion Tap website way back in 2013. A 12-episode anime adaptation was aired in spring of 2018. So for those of you that are fans of Maho Shoujo site, it is ending, but hopefully something else will come along to take its place. Next up, giving you a little recap on some of the Japanese animation TV rankings, showing you the most popular anime on Japanese TV from the week of July 8th through the 14th, and Sazai-san still at the top by a pretty wide margin, followed by Chibi Madoko-chan, Detective Conan, One Piece, and Gegege no Kitaro, all making out the top five. Some of the uh, lesser knowns, Oshiri Tante, or Butt Detective, is uh, coming at number six. Mix, the baseball anime from a, from a recent season, at number seven. Uh, Curious George, uh, Star Twinkle Precure, and Go Go Chuggington, coming in, rounding out the top ten. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, yet again, as always, it's time to get back to the podcast. My friends are annoyed because they think I have forgotten their actual names. I just call them my senpais and kohais now. I threw a tennis ball at my cat. I was so caught up in the moment and thought, maybe I could capture her, and then we could go on adventures together. I purchased a motorcycle, just so I could pretend I was Onizuka. I answered the phone with Moshi Moshi. My poor cat. I may actually have a problem. It's time. It's time. It's time. Hello. I'm Mandy, from the Anime Addicts Anonymous. Do any of these symptoms sound familiar to you? Do you have 8,572 waifus? 
Do you struggle with having the theme song Protect on Titan stuck in your head? Even though Jaeger is the only word you know, then you may be experiencing anime addiction. If you are experiencing anime addiction, then you should visit our website, aaapodcast.com. At Anime Addicts Anonymous, we have dedicated ourselves to making your anime addiction worse. Worse? Yes, worse. Because the real world just plain sucks. So many resources await you. For just $5 a month, you will have unlimited access to our Hobby Addicts episodes. You will also have access to our Hentai episodes, where you can watch a Hentai along with us and hear our commentary. Give our After Party episodes a listen, where you can hear us struggle to talk about our boring lives outside of anime. That $5 will go to helping us spread anime addiction throughout the world. Yes, it is time for you to make your anime addiction worse. Welcome back to the podcast, bringing you in with a little bit of most dangerous geist, wasteland of hell, (laughs) most detective or master detective geist, master detective geist, that's what it was, as a child living in the town of Lawless, he witnessed a tragedy, his parents and younger brother have been mercilessly slaughtered by a mafia family, losing everything he holds dear, he leaves both his name and hometown behind. And that anime is 91 Days. That's a pretty good one. I liked it. Yeah. Yep. That's on my list. Yeah. That's uh, one of my lists since it came out. It just came out last year, wasn't it? Or was it two years ago? Uh, I thought it was at least two years ago. It might be yeah, two years, yeah, yeah. it feels like it. So now we've got our five-star review, and after we get done with that, we're going to be doing our first round of impressions. So let's get right to it. for iTunes review. Pretty short one here. Mandy, would you like to read it? I could try. <laughs> I, I can do it shot, if your voice guys. is... I gave uh, it to you, you say that. short. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, this is from... Uh, JT J- Handy Shand. JT Handy Shand. Uh, sorry. I was trying to figure out how to read that. I was like, Jathandy? <laughs> Jathandy Shand? I think it's JT Handy's Hand. Shant, Handy's Hand. Whatever. I'm That's calling it the Handy Otherwise. Shand, but Jay, you might be right. <laughs> the Handy Shand. Or, 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 or maybe it's Jay Thandy's Hand. Mm, maybe. Okay, whatever. Um, this person writes, you are awesome people. You have intoxicated me with anime oh, and inspiration to watch it. You have opened new doors to many different genres, and I humbly thank you. Aw. Mm, intoxicated. That was short but sweet. I loved it. You're that humbly is, welcome. That is some sexiness. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, as we always do, we do have impressions on the podcast to <laughs> do. And we now we, we've changed our impression system a little bit. 
So we no longer necessarily must pass eight of these shows from the, from the summer season. You, we were only required to. We're gonna have eight, but but any if you have if you have a show that's that you just don't feel like is worth it, you know, we don't really need to pass it anymore for this for just for the sake of having eight. We will fill in the gap of anything pro- lower than no lower than eight passes, whether it's something for something from the past, like a retro review, um, which which are to be selected by the uh, the fans of the podcast. Mm. Uh, did I miss any? But also, if it's a very packed season, we might have eight to fill it out. We don't want to skip over anything good. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? First of all, we have uh, we have Tejinus, we have Tejinus Senpai. Are you lost? Katsute Kami Data Kemonotachi A, Joshi Kose no Muda Zukai, and O Maidens in Your Savage Season. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Who wants to? Oh, wait. I can't forget this. Today, we're going to be doing impressions. Impression time. Believe it. There. Now we can do it. Excellent. Um, now I feel ready to go. Yeah, that's right. Who wants to go first? Um, I could do. Um, uh, let me just get let me just get rid of Are You Lost? <laughs> <laughs> Eliminate it. Let me just get over Wait, wait, wait. Spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah, spoiler no. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, Sonan Deska, or Are You Lost, being the English translation, which is not... I don't think that is how you would possibly translate that. No, <laughs> definitely not. Sonan Deska is like, um, like, oh, really? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh so yeah this was directed by Nobuyushi Nagayama who directed Happy Sugar Life. <laughs> and let me um this is the one that replaced one of my other shows that I could not do and I picked it just because I saw a lot of people putting up um memes of it. So that's pretty much the other reason I just saw dialogue around it and decided to put that one on my list to replace one of my other ones that was delayed. And this was a manga adaptation by Studio Izola, and the only other thing they have done is Happy Sugar Life, so we're on a great track so far. <laughs> and, Happy uh, Sugar Life. Yes, mm. which was a very uh, interesting anime. <laughs> let's, just say, let's leave it at that. But um, Are You Lost is a gag anime about a group of girls who, high school girls, who end up stranded on an island. But it starts off with, it's so awkward. <laughs> it's the very first scene when the show starts up is them like waking up on this island. We have no idea how they got there. They just start introducing themselves to each other. I, I was so lost. Like, how did we get here? <laughs> But they just jump into survival mode, and there's one girl who I see uh, Rose called the Bear Girls of High School Girls, which is it's such an accurate uh, description of her. She is constantly in survival mode and willing to do anything to survive. But, <laughs> and, but, but why? Um, I guess until they find someone to come rescue them, because they're stranded on a remote island and it's very hot out as well so but this manga or sorry this anime is something it, it's so trashy okay can <laughs> you give the only way i can describe can this can you please share some examples yeah let me go ahead and share some which i shared a few before we started this stream when i was talking with you guys and so uh they are trying to find food and uh 
you know, they can't drink seawater. Um, so they're trying to also find where they can get water. And I think in almost every episode, someone is trying to drink somebody else's pee. <laughs> oh my god. Yummy. The Bear Girls girl, whose name I can't remember, the first thing she does is catch a fish, but then she rings it out and drinks his blood. She's like, we can drink blood. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so, it's, it's any, something. Does anybody pee on anybody else? Oh, they try. One girl tried to pee on another girl's face because she was severely dehydrated. The second episode, someone tries, a girl starts taking off her panties and tells the other one, if I end up peeing, I want you to be the one to drink it. It's, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. Whenever I do impressions, I take notes. I didn't know what to write down for this. I was lost. (laughs) It's so weird. But it is a short, it's 15 minutes each, and it's... Just absurd comedy. Like, uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me say an etchy comedy. I wouldn't say it's totally absurd. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're into that, you can uh, check that out. <laughs> it's are, are, are it's you, very trashy. Are you into it? No. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely failing this one. Um, what? Really? <laughs> I mean, I put it in such a positive light, didn't I? Yeah. In the third episode, one girl is so hungry, she grabs this... Uh, pulls up this plant and she's like oh clearly this is a potato I'm gonna eat it and the bear girls girl is like I'm sorry I should probably find out her actual name she, no, you don't she need says to. you don't know if this is poisonous or not and the girl the other girl who picked up the uh, vegetable or whatever it is a plant is like no it's totally a potato but how do I find out if it's poisonous and the girl says you know let's do a, a patch test to test if it's uh re- reacts to your skin and shoves on the other girl's ass <laughs> ends up with this big like red mark on her ass it, it, it does have funny moments but it's not something that we could p- ever possibly review all right let's fail it you if i knew it was for you i never would have given it to him in the first place i would have taken a hatchet and smashed it to pieces no soup for you come back one year no soup for you. Okay. Um, I will do to the Abandoned Sacred Beasts, otherwise known as Katsute Kamidata Kimono, Kimono Tachie, which I think was somewhat exciting because it was done by Studio Mappa, which um, Studio Mappa is... I mean, I guess... Are they still a rising star, would you say? or? I mean, they've definitely been on a roll recently. I mean, they've done a lot of great things in the last couple of years. Um, to the Abandoned Sacred Beasts is a is an anime about a war between two regions, the Northerners and the Southerners, and the Northerners use this use this like dark magic to transform people into like these monster these monster soldiers, and so you have like a guy who. Like, um, they'll be having a battle and uh, this group of people and they all, they're all dressed in like white coats. They'll commit like these white coated people will show up and one of them will transform into like a dragon. Well, one of them will transform into like a werewolf or a giant centipede or a bull or whatever the hell. Um, and with the power of these incarnates, they call them, which are, um, the Southerners are completely overwhelmed and the Northerners easily like topple them and the warp. 
the war ends before too long. But now that the war has ended, what the the problem is that some of these incarnates are kind of. Uh, in the first episode, you could see that they were some of them were kind of starting to lose their mind. Like they'd transform, and they wouldn't be able to transform back all the way. And so they'd go to like to to this nurse lady who, um, she 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 dies in the first episode. Her, I what is I can't remember her name. Um, her name is no no not even in the credits here. Some nurse lady who will like inject them and help them fully transform back. But inevitably, sometimes like the the the, the combination of being at war and also having to transform yourself into a monster is just too much for these people. And so they, they start to like lose their minds and lose their their human identity. And so what happens is that after the war is over, um, you have some of these leftover incarnates that are causing trouble. And there's a guy whose name is Hank. And he shows up one day at this girl's, this girl's name. Her name is Nancy Bancroft. And he shows up at her like farm slash house, and her father had been sent off to war in the prior year, and because he's an incarnate, and so they the the military came and took him away to help so he could help fight. And he comes back, but he's not able to transform back into a human anymore because he's a lot like these other guys that have been affected. And so he's this like giant dragon, and it's very like funny how the girl who's probably like. 14 or 16 or so and all these little kids that she's got there with her that are like probably like nip like promise neverland age you know seven eight they're all like very immediately accepting of the the, the fact that this dragon is their father and that it's not dangerous at all so like they'll they run up and like hug his nose and, and he's he's huge he's like he's like puff the magic dragon he's like giant and i'm just like that's such bullshit like these little kids run up to this dragon and like they they'd be so freaking scared of that thing. There's no way they'd run up to him. Anyway, so the dragon gets killed by Hank because Hank's job is to go around. Hank is the the captain of the like of the incarnate group, and Hank goes around and he's killing all the incarnates that are causing trouble after the war is over. Um, he doesn't really want to, but like he kind of has to, and he's only, he's the only one that can do it. So Hank kills kills the kills Nancy's father, the AKA Dragon Man. And Nancy goes off on like this revenge quest to try to find out who this guy was that killed her father and to get revenge. And what hap- what ends up happening is that she ends up tagging along with him and you know they're going to be traveling. You can kind of see how this anime is going to play out. She they're going to travel from place to place. And Hank's gonna, Hank's going to fight another incarnate pretty much every episode. So he fights a guy in episode 2 who's like a he's like a a kid, a, a guy who turns who turns into a troll. And he's been like robbing um, horse and buggies, like on this road to gather money to like help his village. But that's like you know not the killing and stealing from people isn't really the right way to do things. So Hank kills him, and then in episode three they travel to another town where a guy who um, is like was very good at building castles. He would transform into an into an incarnate, and he could like build a, a fortress in the middle of the battlefield in like one night. So and that was his like skill. And so he's like b- destroying people's houses in the city and are using the materials from the destroyed houses to build up this like giant fortress because he's paranoid that the war is not over and that everybody's coming to get him. So Hank goes up there and Hank goes into the fortress and he kills that guy. Um, that's pretty much the first three episodes. And honestly, like I had some pretty high hopes for this show, but it's really not doing it, doing it for me. 
Um, the story is super weak, and I just you can just see where it's going. You know, Hank is gonna continue killing these incarnates one at a time, and ultimately, it's just not gonna be that interesting. It doesn't. It doesn't look bad. Like like there's some good. There's some decent action scenes in it, where. You know, Hank will either be fighting a, a a monster as a human, or Hank will Hank himself as like a werewolf. So in the third episode, he has to transform to, to take on the the enemy. So he transforms into a werewolf, and they have like a little monster battle. Um, but like ultimately, the story is really flimsy. The characters really aren't that great, and it's just mm. it's just not grabbing me at all. Um, so I I'd call it I call it like stellarly mediocre, to be honest. <laughs> That's a good way so, to put it. So I'm gonna fail this one as well. Fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. Which I'm surprised about because you know this is Mappa, and I always expect them to be put doing something good. So I expected more from Mappa this time hmm. around. I haven't watched that one. Um, you can skip. I'm it. watching a lot of shows that are airing this season, but that's not. I haven't picked up that one yet. Well, it's now eliminated. Next up. Um, I'll go next. I've got a Tejana Senpai or Magic Senpai, which is done by Lin- Linden Films, which I usually expect bad things from. The only <laughs> stuff that I've kind of liked was last year uh, in the summer they had Hanabato, which was pretty good. It definitely showed off their like chops that they could actually produce something that didn't look bad because the only oh, other yeah. good thing I liked was uh, Seko Boys. Oh, uh, yeah. And this show is much more in the Seco Boys vein. Oh, I'm going to love it. But, yeah, we'll see. So, this is another <laughs> short. It's 15 minutes long. And back when I picked this, this was my number 12 pick, or or and my fifth selection, I guess. It's because like, shows like Surizuri Children, Senru Shoujo, and like Skullface Honda-san, like, those are all shorts that I really liked. I was like, oh, let's hopefully keep that going and uh, keep keep the good times rolling. And it's essentially, it's set in high school. You get the main character, which is uh, assistant. That's what he's called, assistant. And you have the similarly Creative. unnamed senpai called senpai. And it's just those two characters. So if you have a right. really hard time with big cast, this is the show for you. And, and, and complicated names as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the senpai, like her big thing is magic. Her passion for magic is only surpassed by her inability to perform it. So like going in, I knew it was marked as an etchy, but I was hoping like maybe it wouldn't be leaning too much into it. It wouldn't be too overbearing and like done with comedy instead of like fighting the comedy for attention. And right off the bat, the opening of the show surprised me. The song was like super fun and like there was so much creative framing devices and unique animation cuts that I got actually a lot of hope. So I highly recommend checking out the opening because it's a fun time. But to no one's surprise, my biggest problem with the show is the fan service. Because between mm. like the ludicrous poses, like the ahigao faces, the way the camera pans like vulturously over like her and like still frames, it's just a little too much. And like a lot of times it almost feels like a Newgrounds era flash game where like the gameplay plot setup of the preceding moments like clash obtrusively against like these just lewd moments. So like 
this issue is compounded both by like the good and bad parts of the show. Like the good is like the humor, the comedy of the show doesn't rely on the fan service to get the joke across. And like by itself, the punchlines usually come through really well. The, uh, the vocal delivery and charming reactions of the characters are like top notch. They're really well done. But that means that because the jokes don't need the fan service, the fan service offers no more than that. It adds nothing to the experience and like, why would I want to watch this show? And essentially, unlike what was passed last season, the Nande Coco ni Sensei Ga, like, why are you here, Sensei? Like, the fan service is like inherently like linked to the comedy of the situations and like explains why the characters act the way they do. Like, there's that connection. And that's not the case here. And there's so many moments moving beyond that where the show makes no sense. Like, in episode two, they try to like bend spoons like a psychic does and she messes up obviously it's what she does and it goes like flying across the table at eye level so the assistant dodges this at so it doesn't hit his face and it goes flying off behind him so he goes to get a new spoon but then it's revealed that the spoon flung at eye level hits a bottle of like hot sauce actually Blair's ultra death hot sauce which is a shout out which I liked but like it makes you feel like you skip something because this spoon comes in at a higher elevation and then something falls on the table. And it's like there's so much weird moments where it's just like the setup for the joke isn't executed in any believable manner. That sounds like a nitpick, but it happens multiple times. Um, episode three had a nice moment of like actual almost somewhat magical skills because ideally I w- want to see magic performed. I know it's anime and they can get away with doing impossible magic, but like showing how magic is done or some behind the scenes would be cool. There's a little arc where they, th- I think they're going to go in that direction. And no, they just, they kind of let it fall flat. And to really say all you need to know about the show is episode three ended with pigeons flying overhead as part of the magic trick. And they poop all over our dirt magician's face. Yeah. But because the bird poop is white and let's just say stringy, it is drawn to look like a different fluid. Oh. And you're just like, why? No. Why is that a joke? Yeah, like, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't even drawn. It just, it was too, like, I don't know. And then the ending, the ending, like, song, in complete contrast to the glorious, fun, inventive opening, is literally and figuratively on the other end of the spectrum. It's just literally 90 seconds of pinup shots with the magician senpai and like a cavalcade of outfits. And it's just too much. Like if you love your etchy brazen and sprinkled with some predictable, but well executed chuckles, like give this show a shot. Like it is for you. And it excels quite a bit more than I was expecting in a lot of other fields. But like for being a half length show and like being a comedy of like instances because these are just like three minute skets little scenes and then it goes to the next one like you'll very quickly figure out if this show is for you or for not and if you're really attracted to her design and want to see more of her like give it a shot but for me it's an easy drop you shall not pass you shall not pass uh okay so I think um I'll go next because I think 
Mason and I are the only ones that have one left. Uh, my next one is called Wasteful Days of High School Girls, or the Japanese was the Joshi Kosei one, or Joshi Kosei no Muda Zukai, if I pronounce that correctly, sorry. Uh, English name, Wasteful Days of High School Girls. And this is a manga adaptation. It's being directed by Hijiri Sanpei, and the studio is Passione, which I couldn't really find anything that they've done. It's the, I don't know, it was really hard for me to find information on the cast, but I don't know, maybe it's just things are not updated on Mao. I had to dive into other websites to find more information on it. But Wasteful Days of High School Girls is a gag anime about three girlfriends who are just basically being stupid in high school. <laughs> they have, uh, each of them have a nickname for each other. Robo is very robotic. Ota is named that for being a massive otaku. And Baka is just, I guess, the dumb girl of the group who constantly complains and likes to make things harder for everyone else. Um, there are also a few other side characters who come and go. And I know that comedy is very subjective for everyone. But for me, I always felt like... Wasteful Days wasn't really fully committing to being a gag anime, if that makes sense. Because when I think of something like Asobi Asobase, where the gags are very bizarre at times and often rude, but they're short enough to get the joke and then quickly move on to the next one. Um, As Asobi also had fantastic reaction images with their characters that also enhance the comedy. But Wasteful Days, I don't know, feels far tamer and the jokes are more spread out so they're not as punchy and I mean honestly I don't know for me I got bored through most of the episodes <laughs> there are a few moments that gave me um some good chuckles though uh, in the second episode Ota is drawing a manga but she ends up asking Robo for her opinions on it and Robo of course responds to everything very literally and brutally so she's constantly commenting on or consistently commenting on Ota's drawings as um commenting on the poor proportions and one is like one of the panels is of a guy who's doing a kabedon on a girl wait, but, wait a second a what one of the uh, panels in the manga that Ota drew, drew is of a guy who is doing a kabedon, you know, like the wall slam on a uh, girl, but, sorry? I don't know what that is. A kabedon? I'm, I guess I'm going to look it up. Kabedon. Am I calling it's, it wrong? It's well, like the wall ka slam. Kabe is wall. It's where, like, the guy puts the girl between the wall and himself oh, okay. and, like, puts his hand. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Gets it's like re real close, slam. like... <laughs> yeah, yeah Wall uh, sounds the, like a wrestling move. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> but in one of the panels of her manga, she drew a guy doing that to a girl, and Robo points out where if you zoom out, if you had zoomed out of that scene, the position would show that his knees would wouldn't be bent at all. So then they start visualizing how that would look with his knees locked into place. And it was really funny because Oto starts imagining this, like being a part of his character and he ends up being someone who can never burn, bend his knees. It just becomes more bizarre from that point. And jokes like that made me laugh. And, um, because we've also had very similar criticisms to that of manga and manga club. We see that all the time. And so that was really funny to me, but, um, Another joke that I like, I I think the jokes I like the most revolved around Robo. <laughs> I just think 
that was uh, there's a, a joke where she is um in a toilet and somebody sits uh in you know in the stall next to her but just hears these really loud robotic like noises coming out of her stall that was really funny kind of like one of those is she actually a robot moments but unfortunately for me i think the times where i did laugh were far in between and i don't know i felt like all the characters fell completely into that like one-dimensional role of their nicknames and i couldn't really grow to really like any of them but the art is fine for a gag anime it's nothing special but it, it serves its purpose and i don't know i think overall i think there are better comedy shows out there and this one wasn't it definitely wasn't horrible but um, if I had a choice between passing this and a retro review, I think I would have passed a retro review, so I don't I think I'll be failing this one. But they live happily ever after. Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. Four fails in a <laughs> row. Ouch. But guys. Guys. I'm beaming right now. I'm so happy. Me too. I'm so excited. I love so this So more one. than making my anime addiction worse, I love, I love telling people about their new favorite show and like spreading the gospel. And uh, <laughs> Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season by Le Deuce, which was my number, essentially number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, I didn't yeah anyway uh yeah, it's great I love it it's yeah. so good so quick primer this Wait, show is about is, the studio is called lay a deuce lay deuce not lay a deuce <laughs> but that would be great Wait, what? <laughs> lay deuce I just don't understand like what else are they known for the sh- like the, the, uh so they did like release the spice the uh, classroom Chronicles? crisis they did like the 2016 like Maji series but I have not seen any of their previous works all I knew is that it was Mario Kada doing the script, who's excellent. Ando Masahiro directing, who's done a bunch of good stuff. And he did Hanasaka Iroha with her. And I've read a little bit of the manga. And it's about a high school yeah, literature I've been club a lot of it. with five female people and their path towards adulthood. And by adulthood, like I, I mean sex. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Because what else is and, there? Exactly. A sex. But uh, yeah, so I read a bit of the manga and then I decided to stop and so I could experience the anime as like for what it was, not compared too much to the adaptation. And as soon as I started this adaptation, I just melted right into it. Like the show has a soft, nostalgic aesthetic that feels so comforting. It's similar to uh, Sangatsu no Lion, but like it isn't afraid to skew that aesthetic with like highly cartoonish like eyes and facial expressions to sell the emotions and there's a lot of nice like production touches like parallaxing um at like camera angles to sell depth especially when jumping into like point of view perspectives there are some great dilation moments effects on people's eyes when they come to the realization of things um like do the characters sometimes look and move like duplo figures yes but it's never too distracting from the heart and the moments from the show and a lot of detail really went into it. Um, the characters themselves, which are the key to how you would like a show like this, are all well-realized and self-aware, and I love them all. You can see yourself, like bits of yourself in all of them. Um, obviously, from the onset, I feel like everyone says, oh, Mason, you're the Sonazaki, the 
stuck-up elitist girl with the glasses of the group. Uh, that said, all the girls here are best girls, and there's a ton of best boys to go around as well. So if you want someone to like, you can find them here. Um, <laughs> all the characters have their own like style and unique way of thinking that grant them charm. I'd say it's actually very similar to A Place Further Than the Universe and how endearing everyone is. Um, speaking of that show, there's like a running scene at the end of episode one of this yes. show that rivals it. For, oh, yeah. It's real good. There, it has this great setup being built beautifully to a spe- spectacular release of emotion, comedy, animation, and music that just had me smiling from air to air. Yeah. It was great. Um, it is, but, it's really funny because she's trying to run away from the thoughts of sex, but everything she sees reminds her of sex. It's great. Yeah. It's so fantastic. It's oh, like everything just comes together so well. And yeah. it's just the execution is great. Um, yeah. The whole show is so delightfully awkward, if that makes sense. <laughs> it is. And it's not like it's a cringy. Innocent. It's not a cringy right. awkward. Like yeah. overall, like. Okada's writing style does not rely on realism. It relies on like extreme caricatures, mm-hmm. like, but it has believability in them. So like, I'm not put off. Like everything yeah. is bumped up to eleven, but there's such, such a heart to it. And honestly, yeah. like as a male, like this is a show about five girls dealing with an issue. This like, it gives me like a glimpse into this like world of femininity that is like inherently intriguing to me. Like, it's almost like an isekai for me, but it lies between the planes of reality that is around all of us. A bit ex- exaggerated because it's for entertainment. So you have this world of girls that exists. They, I've, I've heard girls exist in the world. I mean, we don't but, have proof. But it's also a world that <laughs> I as a male can never truly visit. So like, it's, mm. it's like a foot in each of them that makes it so interesting to me. I feel like I get a little peek into it and it's it's interesting I mean besides that though the show is up my strike zone in so many ways from the short like Japanese lessons on the meaning of the word haka which means like to deflower which are made up like the kanji for like rip oh, yeah, or tear really or break and then the other kanji for melon or gourd like really lends to a dare I say savage visual imagery for the taking of one's virginity and the food is so realistic sometimes and it looks enjoyable. The homes are very believable. They're not like overly done anime homes. There's so many little touches where the uh, girl with glasses has, she's like, gets shocked by something. So a little ghost comes out of her mouth and that ghost also has glasses. Oh, yeah. Or there's scenes where like you see characters talking and you see their legs, but because of their tan, do you know, like, kind of like the implications that go with that and it helps form a connection before we get the reveal of who they are. Like there's so many touches that are just so well done. And as the episodes progress, each character has begun marching down the path towards a greater understanding of themselves. It's coming to terms where they fit within the concept of sex. Um, yeah, was that was something I wanted to touch on real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so how do they say this in the, uh, anime? Because, um, it's different from the manga. Gotcha. It's S-E-X. Right. So in the manga, they... But it's like S-E... It's like E-C-K-S. So it's not like a hard X. Yeah, it was really weird when I saw it in the translation. 
and even like in the subtitles because it was mm-hmm. so different from the manga, which which uh, translated it as "se cross." So that's like you know the cross and like an X, "se cross," and I I really like that translation. Yeah. So I was really confused when I saw the subtitles. I think the subtitles had to like base it around what the characters were saying sound wise, mm-hmm. and like "sekusu" is like because there's not like an X character in Japanese. Right. So, like, it's a very slight playoff of that, which would sound, I would think, more different to a Japanese ear than our ear, where we hear the S6, and that sounds kind of like sex. Right. But I, I can't speak to that too much. But mm. I, I, I like that as well, the SE Cross. Yeah, I like the SE Cross. I was, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really funny way of uh, trying to come up with a different word for sex, because they're so scared of saying the word sex. <laughs> It's great. But all these yeah. girls like deal with different issues and like yeah. or not issues, but like they come they march on this path in different ways from like meeting people from online chats, avoiding the harassment of creepers, becoming aware of like one's potential for stirring emotion in another person, coming to grips with like chaining relationships, finding an advisor so the club doesn't get shut down. It's like all stuff we've seen, but feels fresh. And for only three episodes, there's quite a lot that happens throughout the show yeah. to keep the pace. And the plot moves at a decent clip, so don't be like, oh, I only like action shows that are fast. This is going to be a slow talking show. Like, there is talking, but things happen rapidly. And it keeps you going. Uh, big big ups to the dad in the show who considers ordering extra pizza so that he can have more flavors. <laughs> he, he's my hero. I knew you were going to love that. Yeah, yeah, he was great. And uh, <laughs> also... At the end of episode three, there's a tongue twister that you can try if you want. So it's basu for bus, gasu for gas, and bakuhatsu, which is explosion. So oh, you no, say those three uh, over as quick as you can. So I, I want you, I I want you basu, to basu, try it. Basu, 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 gasu, bakuhatsu, basu, gasu, bakuhatsu, basu, gasu, bakuhatsu. Nope. It's great. And that was actually also in Azumanga Dayo. Yeah. I don't know. I could, I could go on this. I could go on about the show for a while and uh, you're going to get the pleasure of hearing that because this is an easy pass. No doubt. Ooh, that's a bingo. Oh my God. It's, it's awesome. fantastic. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this one a lot. Well, we had to have one pass. All right, it's so my second favorite of the season. So as we get through the next three weeks, we'll keep passing uh, other shows, and we have some really good ones to come, including Vinland Saga and others. Mm. So I wonder if that's gonna pass. I wonder. Vinland Saga. Who Never knows? heard of it. Maybe not. <laughs> and of course, you'll get to hear about my fireman porno too. So no, you don't want to. You don't want to miss out on that. All right, shall we do some mailbags? I think so. Oh no, I closed it's my It's time notes. for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, 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 bag. Did you dance? Uh, I did. Hmm. Very I slightly. Kazu will be very proud. All right, you want to I did that. Bag? I did that wiggle from uh, the character from. Uh, oh, what was that oh, show? Oh, Girls Last Tour. Girls Last Tour. That wiggle dance. 
I'll have to put the gif inside of our stream chat. <laughs> All right. Anyway. If you want to submit a mailbag on our website, aaapodcast.com, there's a mailbag button right along the top of the page. And you can write mailbags. You can submit topics. You can write um, Enzo Senpai Notice Me Corners. You can submit anime shark tanks. It's all there under the mailbag button. That one guy probably writes... I've got a very long mailbag here. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know if I... Do, do I want to read all of this? It's very long. Hmm. I can do it quickly. Uh, go ahead. Just You can do that second paragraph. That's where the question is. Yeah. Uh, I'll read it, Mandy. All right, on to my real question for everyone. I, can, I constantly hear everybody call shows trash, but they watch them anyway. For example, shows like Sword Art Online. Are, they, are, the, are there any shows that you know are trash, but you'd love them for that exact reason? There is something about the way they, uh, they do the tropes for isekais that I just can't help but like all of them for the tropes, if nothing else, and the way the tropes are shown. Thanks for, uh, thanks for keeping everything awesome, and, helps, and thanks for keeping my anime addiction worse. I liked um, Keijo. Yeah, me too. No, the butt, like the. That was funny. The, <laughs> the butts. <laughs> Say no more. And the eight exclamation marks. Yeah, Keijo yeah. is that sports anime where, where girls slam their butts into each other and try to knock each other off into the water. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's funny. And, that, and and that's pretty much trash. Good guilty pleasure crap. <laughs> I uh, Killing Bites kind of sucked, but I but I didn't hate watching it. It was kind of fun watching uh, all the etchy shit in there. So, yeah, and, some funny moments, yeah. And I have a history of, and I love Golden Boy. I don't know, I'm not sure if Golden Boy really is trash, but like Golden Boy is etchy for sure. And I love that show, like to the max. And I have a, <laughs> etchy and, I have and a, trash. What's the difference? And I have a history with Yuki Tosen <laughs> so, as well. So, so hmm. yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, me, my favorite trash show ever is Prison School. <laughs> I love that anime so much and i don't normally like a lot of edgy shows but that one it's so funny because it's anticipating how far that show is going to go is so i don't know it's really hilarious because every there's every time there's a really awful scene you're like they can't possibly go any deeper no they do But um, and also some of the censorship in it played with your uh, like perverted mind. Oh, There's yeah, like a scene where something is like purposefully blurred out, mm. but it turns out not to be what you're expecting at all. Those I think those like moments where they play with censorship is really funny. But yeah, I I love that anime. <laughs> but please do not go into that expecting. <laughs> good show. Go in, don't go into that blind. Look up. Exactly how much is in man, that some before wholesome, you go into man, it. Man, prison school some wholesome shit. You can show that to your grandma. I, somebody <laughs> a while ago said, oh, I bought the manga because Mandy recommended it. I was like, please tell me you know what's in there. <laughs> I was like, please make sure that you know exactly how etchy this is. That's trust. They trust you. I hope so. I'm so sorry if I let you down, uh... The wrong path. The manga, the manga mama did not nurture the flock. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say just all the shows that I like that could be called trash. I don't like for their trash. Like they succeed despite the flaw, the flaw. Fl- ah, I can't even talk faults in them. So like the two I wanted to bring up were Detroit Metal City and uh, Himote House. Because like Detroit Metal City, 
Is like, that trash? DMC? Yeah. Like, the, like, it's necessary because it's all about the juxtaposition of, like, the lewd, juvenile, and, like, horrid moments. Like, in the, the, the lyrics and, like, the manager who's, like, reacting the way that she reacts. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. That's true, yeah. So, it's, like, it's compelling because how polarizing that is and different to our main character, Negashi, and, like, how he just wants to be a music guy and do his thing and like all the characters <laughs> around him are just so like I wouldn't want, want anyone to come in during one of those scenes yeah that's true but uh Hamote House <laughs> like that show could be considered trashy because of it's like blocky low budget like CG animations and it's just a typical cute girls doing cute things trope and there's a bunch of like wacky situations where like five year olds moving together but the, the best part about the show is the voice acting and it's phenomenal and it gives a sense of authenticity that I think most of the industry feels fake and stiff compared to it. But like, yeah, there's a scene where easily the most lewd explanation of cryptocurrency <laughs> of all times in one of the episodes. And it's like heavily subversive is all these very naked bathing girls talk about deep, like economics and what it means to the society. And it's like, yeah, that's trashy, but it, it succeeds despite it. So, I don't know. Two, two weird shows. <laughs> I remember you recommended that to me for a, a long time ago. And I was like, I don't know. But it was I still literally it. just for the voice acting and how, like, realistic it sounds. Mm. <laughs> um, want me to go on to the next one? Sure. Ash Basham 619 writes, So, when I first started watching anime, I only watched a couple of genres, mecha and shonen. But once I started realizing that other genres are great, I opened a huge box of great anime. Uh, now I find myself watching more romance and rom-coms. So my question is, did you guys always watch, um, did you guys always watch shows of every genre, or did you have to find an anime of a different genre to open your eyes? P.S. If it wasn't for Nana, I don't think I would have kickstarted my anime addiction. Um, I, I've said this before where my very first anime was Ghost in the Shell, the, um, the 95 anime or the movie, sorry. And that one, you can see how influ influential that has been to my anime addiction all over my apartment. I have Ghost in the Shell stuff spread out all over. <laughs> but, um, after it was weird because I, after that, I went into almost exclusively shoujo because I watched Fushigi Yugi and then I went from there. I watched a whole bunch of different shoujo series. But, uh, Samurai Champaloo is the one that made me expand my horizon because, um, I watched that one with some friends and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try expanding my, um, genres. And I checked out some other stuff and that's where I went from there. So now I've, I, I've seen some, I've watched stuff from every genre you could possibly think of. So <laughs> it definitely helped broaden my horizons. Um, I started watching Shonen shows um, and mostly went to, went to review websites and picked out ones that had good reviews or sounded interesting. And I randomly, randomly picking things from Blockbuster to, to rent is probably how I expanded my anime um, the most. So that was how I discovered shows like Now and Then Here and There and Ninja Scroll, and Pat Labor, and others. So, yeah. It's just like, just grabbing things blindly off the shelf is sometimes a good idea. You know? Don't, don't worry too much about, uh, like, you know, what it is, or reading up about it. Just grab it and try uh, it. I, I don't know. I blindly <laughs> grabbed an anime once. I end up with the Elfin lead. <laughs> what, you, you, you got a problem with that? 
<laughs> I mean, it was something. <laughs> Blindly grabs anime off shelf. Prison school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Comes Man. back to haunt us. I mean, for me, <laughs> I've never really needed different genres open because I, I didn't start with Shonen. Like, Dragon Ball, pass. Yu Yu Hakusho, pass. Like, I started with Fooly Cooly. So I started at the, the edge of genres. And I was like, I felt like that already showed me that anime could be so much that I was never like locked into one or another. Hmm. I don't know. I think we're all pretty open-minded people in yeah. general, though, so not too much. I'm willing to try anything. All right. And then uh, last, last question by uh, the Creepster. What is your top three anime rules and what is a favorite example for each rule? I'll be honest, I didn't see this one on the list. It was kind of hiding. I'll, I can go first to stall for time if you want. Uh, so rule number one is no matter the show, try to go in as blind as possible. And I think skipping the openings, especially for plot heavy shows, uh, at least until you're halfway through, is something I always try to do. Because just seeing what characters even appear, spoil stuff. Um, real number two, uh, when I complete a show, I try to wait at least a couple days before I rate it. Because to see how much staying power it has. I think a lot of people finish a show. They're like, wow, that was a great ending. Uh, uh, four out of five. Five out of five. And like share their opinions right then. And then in a couple days, they're like, eh, I can barely remember what was going on. So... I don't know. That's just like a little quirk. And then real number three, uh, watch anime in a well-lit room when you're a proper distance away from the screen. Because oh, every, every show tells you to do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good rule. <laughs> um, Too easy. I, for me, I think it's like everybody's, everybody's time is valuable. No matter who you are, what you do for a living, your time is valuable. And unless you're like us and you and you have to watch a show that you might not like because you're reviewing it. If you're just like a, if you're just a guy at home watching anime, if, if you've watched like three episodes of a show and you don't like it, you don't need to keep watching it. Like there's other things you can watch. Find something else that'll, that'll fit your taste more. Um, the sunk cost fallacy of the hour you wasted watching three episodes shouldn't really apply. Just toss it out, start over. Because your time is valuable, and there's a lot of anime out there to be watched. So that's the number one rule, is don't don't force yourself to watch anything that you don't want to watch. Um, I guess the other, the next rule is to, if, uh, is to watch things legally, you know, if possible. I know that there are sometimes shows that just aren't available anywhere, and that does happen. But otherwise, try to, try, try to watch things legally. And um, also, get your friends involved. So you need to share your anime with your friends and um, spread your anime addiction to other people. Hmm. Um, well, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to think about this. I don't know if I have any really hard rules for myself. Uh, but watch, watch all your shows uh, as fast as possible in yeah. one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> watch them all in one day. 10 episodes. 5x speed. Yeah. <laughs> watch 110 episodes in two weeks. Pausing is for the week. <laughs> My rule is I don't stop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I agree also with the not um, grading things or rating it 
as soon as you finish it because I do the same thing as well. Unless it's something I was very passionate about, I'm like, yo, that was fucking amazing. I I absolutely love that. You, that's very rare for me, though. <laughs> Usually I wait a couple weeks to see, did I forget everything? I did forget, like, everything about that show, so obviously it didn't hit me that hard. It didn't have that staying power. Yeah. So, uh, I agree with that. Um, I, this isn't a rule, but I always try to at least look into the, um, original source material in some way. I read a lot of manga, so I try to look into mangas. Of course, that's not really much of a rule, though. But I try to. It's a personal Um, rule. It's something you strive for. That's true. Also, if OPs and NDs suck, I don't watch them. Yeah. (laughs) I just skip them every time. It makes me get through shows faster. All right, guys. There are a couple shows that are non-negotiable that you have to watch the opening for, but... uh, Correct. The first OP for Dororo is... I watch that every single time. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up here. Um, Let's do it. And... uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. You know, we're wrapping up another episode of the podcast here. It's been a good one, I think. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about, as the website loads. I thought it was Eva. Yeah, we have Eva coming back up. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Evangelion um, as it, you know, we're going to revisit it. We, have, we haven't talked about it in a while. It popped up on Netflix. <laughs> I don't think you guys ever did a review, I don't think we've talked you? about it since the shitburger incident of... 94. Maybe, yeah. This was suggested by Tom. 94? I don't know. It's just a funny year. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be doing impressions as well. More impressions from the summer season. So, um, Yeah. Anybody want to mention anything else about social media or anything of that nature before we uh, close it out? Um, Come to our Discord because you can find all kinds of cool stuff there. A lot of people. Yeah, social uh, media is for nerds. But uh, find me on my anime list. Go to M-A-K-L-A-X. And uh, pop in on the Discord, where I'm much friendlier than on air. You have to believe me. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Until then, thanks for being great anime addicts, and I hope everybody has a safe week. Bye, guys. Bye. Adios.